Hey everybody, and welcome to Anime Stroganoff. I am Eli. And I am Lilith. And today we are talking about Gate. Yes. <laughs> yes. Gate. Gate. <laughs> As you can tell, we have nothing but glowing opinions of this, uh... Uh, yeah, if I if I say any more about it, I will start insulting it violently. So, I guess this is if if you like Gate, stop listening. Oh, this is also your single spoiler warning for Gate, because we are not going to care about spoilers from here on out. We don't care. <laughs> we don't care at all. <sighs> okay, but as always, recap. All what right. have we been doing this week? Well, early this week, I decided to rewatch Rogue One again. Very nice. Good movie. Very good. Uh, movie. And that segued into me rewatching the entire original trilogy. Oh, <laughs> just because it was like, uh, hey, it happens afterwards. I mean, it sets up so perfectly for A New Hope. Absolutely. I mean, I I honestly want to say that Rogue One has ba is basically. If not my absolute favorite, probably in my absolute favorites of the Star Wars movies. <laughs> Rogue, it One is... Rogue One's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you get to see all the... Uh, spoiler alert for Rogue One. Uh, you get to see all the, all the red shirts who die horribly in order for the heroes to enjoy their plot armor. And in a way, is, aren't the heroes of Rogue One also red shirts dying... I mean, yeah, that's Too that's low. right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They're the red shirts who die. So. Yeah, I wasn't. Sh I wasn't sure you were talking about like all of the red shirts who die, so that the heroes of Rogue One can. <laughs> no. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. They all whatever. die. Everybody dies. Not Darth Vader, obviously. Do the the Vader scene at the end, so good. <laughs> good. Good shit. That was my entire week. I I would have watched Twenty Eight Weeks Later. But Netflix, it's, it, well, not Netflix. The post office has taken over a week to get that DVD out to me. Ouch. That's, that sounds rough. So let's see. If that's been your week, I have mostly been catching up on old shows and keeping up with uh, currently airing stuff. God of High School and ReZero both uh, halfway through this season, both looking really good. God of High School is going by really, really fast, though. <laughs> I'm a little worried about it. Uh, besides that, been uh, been continuing my Symphogear rewatch. Just watching episodes here and there whenever I get the chance. Cool, cool. And I also started rewatching uh, Shugo Kara, Shugo Kara, whatever, which is. Uh, it's more of like a kid's show, to be honest. But I watched it like a decade ago, and so I have good memories of it. It's it's quite good. It's in 480p, though, so that's... That's a bit rough. C can you imagine? The, the, the past? Why... 
Why did we put up with 480p? I, I, I do remember, especially if I'm watching like particularly classic AMVs, it'll like proudly <laughs> boast, like, this is it full 480p. <laughs> I suppose we'll, uh, we'll be saying the same thing once uh, 7,952p comes out. And is we'll that like, a oh, thing? Who? Probably not. I mean, it's all it's all multiples of a of two, I think. It, it, but, it's but you know you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's just like, yeah, this was in 1080p, and in the future everything is like way higher resolution. <laughs> in the future, there is no resolution; it's just real life. They oh beam God. it directly into your brain. Man, why is why is this why is this show just so low quality? Why is this memory so low quality? <laughs> <laughs> so weird. <laughs> yeah. So. Gate. 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 Our main topic. Gate. Yes. Yeah. This is this is gonna be fun. This so, is gonna be fun. So yeah, we're not doing us like a super recap for this one. We're doing more of a recap slash review. We're gonna be making making fun of it for the most part, and we're gonna be mocking it. And bitching about it. Yeah. I mean, I suppose some of those are the same, but but we'll at least give context for what we're mocking. Yeah. So so let's start with some background information. You you said you did some research. Uh, mostly on like stuff I saw in the show. So. Oh okay okay. <laughs> but you do you do seem to know more about the production than I did when I first started watching it. Okay, so I know that gate was written by this one guy who is very, very much a Japanese nationalist, Japanese ultra-nationalist. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah it, uh, it definitely comes up, definitely is very obvious in the story. Yes. Uh, the... He, he I, I do know that among other things, he went to prison. Not for like anything related to him, like he wasn't like burning Chinese people in the town square. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, he got arrested for like not paying his taxes. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rule rule one of being a good criminal, pay your damn taxes. Or being an ultra nationalist, I suppose. So, the the concept of gate, I I very much like, because it's basically some fantasy world, uh, opens up an interdimensional portal, to invade the modern world with it, and get absolutely curb stomped. <laughs> because as it turns out, guns work. Yeah. I, I, I don't, it's not that I f hate this. I do hate this. It's not, but it's not like you don't I hate can, the concept. I can no. I'm gonna say I can live with like in like almost every other show. It's always like oh, like the the monsters are immune to guns, but like swords for some reason work just fine. And <laughs> uh, in, in this one, it's just like nah, it's a bullet moving at several thousand feet per second. Striking with several thousand joules of energy on impact. <laughs> yeah. The concept is good. 
it, the execution is... I'll, I'll, I'll let you talk about the execution. Yeah. So... So part of the execution is obviously in the animation. We'll get to the dialogue in a bit. We'll get to the dialogue very soon. But animation-wise, it is a very well-put-together show. Um, I mean... There's like there's some obvious CGI, but it's composited fairly well. I will say I did not think that there was much obvious CG. So yeah, I, I agree. Well, with like you all there. the vehicles and yeah, the I, I I I noticed it, but I'm saying like it wasn't super obvious. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It That's is, what I'm saying. It is well. They executed. had they had pretty good com they did had some pretty good compositing work, uh, like making sure those fit into the scenes, uh, the 2D animated stuff. And a lot of the effects, really good. It's it's a very good-looking show. Good-looking enough. Yeah, good-looking uh, enough. I, the, char the character designs are pr pretty good. Pretty good overall, I'd say. If I have to see one more, like, shot where they, like, break up the screen into four pieces and then just start swapping them in and out and, like, just get split-screen shots on split-screen shots on split-screen shots, <laughs> I'm gonna friggin' scream. Okay, yeah, that that is that is a bad use of their uh <laughs> of their budget, but like quality wise, it's good. But yeah, some of the directing decisions not great. And now we come to Gate itself, the the actual execution. And I I feel like I have to note uh, all of the complaints we have are primarily about the show. Uh, the light novel, the original light novel that the actual dude wrote is way worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I haven't read it. No, 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 no I've, I've not read it either. But purely from what I've heard from other people that I consider reputable, every compl every like, major complaint we probably have about the anime is about ten times worse in the, in the light novel. Oh, God. So it's, so it's kind of like Holy Night. <laughs> <laughs> They, they toned it down for the anime, but it was still so bad. <laughs> okay. So, now, now our story begins. We meet our protagonist. I'm pretty sure his name is Itami. I don't uh, remember his first name. I actually have a... I had a tab open. For, no, I have a tab open. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, his name is Itami, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what is. Is that his first name or his family name? I don't. I don't. I, I can never tell. Like, had, like they literally list it two different ways in the same line right here. It's oh, well, Yoji Itami, and then in italics it has Itami Yoji. If I had to guess, Itami is his first name. Uh, that probably makes sense. He's he's thirty three. He's in the JSDF. And he's a super freaking nerd. Otaku. He's a nerd. He's a nerd. <laughs> he's a nerd. He's a nerd who works to support his hobbies. His own words. He probably took the worst job to be able to have a lot of free time for hobbies, but... <laughs> I know. I know. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, technically, we don't actually know he's in the JSDF at the very start of the show. That is, that is true. We don't actually know until, like, the end of freaking episode. Well, like, halfway, I guess. But, yeah. For the first part of the episode, he's just some random otaku that we're following. And, in fact, 
the first time I watched, I, I kind of just assumed they made him, they gave him like a position in the military because of what he does in episode one. <laughs> Actually, yeah, he, didn't he get a commission off that? Uh He was what was what was his rank? I, I think before? he was a he was a second lieutenant. He was a, he's a second lieutenant uh, after the incident, though. No, 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 isn't he he promoted to first lieutenant, isn't he? Uh I don't know. He's referred to as second lieutenant uh up until like halfway through the season. It doesn't matter. It yeah, it really doesn't matter. It's he goes up on ranks pretty quickly. And some other stuff that kind of seems unbelievable, in my opinion. But anyways, so basically, he's going to a uh, doujinshi uh, ex exhibition, I guess. Yeah. In he's going to Comic-Con. Yeah, yeah, he's going to a mini-Comic-Con thing in Ginza when the gate opens up and monsters start coming out and knights on horses and dragons start flying around. The the dragons flying around, not the knights on horses. Anyway, so he uh even though he says you know, if I had to choose between my job and my hobby, I'd choose my hobby. Naturally, when ch faced with either going t to the exhibition or saving people, he chooses saving people. Which doesn't sound like choosing your hobby to me. I mean, we all know that all Japanese men are super honorable. Of course. Super honorable. We're probably going to end up insulting Japan a lot in this. <laughs> yeah, I am so sorry, Japan. <laughs> yeah, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll give an apology to Japan, too. Sorry, but you're, we're, you're probably going to get a lot of shit for this. <laughs> it's, it's indirect shit, and it's mostly stereotypes. Exaggerated stereotypes that one of your own citizens created <laughs> for this. <laughs> Sorry, Japan. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, yeah, he kills he kills some people, murders them dead, uh, and then they beat up and uh, defeat the invading army. Yay! Yay! And then what? Like three months pass. Yeah, and then they decide to go and invade the invaders. Yeah. Yeah, so and so for context, Japan, uh, the Prime Minister of Japan, after the gate opens up, declares that uh, the quote-unquote special region is, since the gate opened in Japan, it's part of Japan. But, you know. Therefore, <laughs> therefore, the JSDF, which is... Uh, well, at the time the story was written, was not allowed to leave Japan. <laughs> so they, uh... <laughs> <I'm> just... <sighs> so Japan decides to just straight up invade another country. Not another country, another world. <laughs> Which, admittedly, you know, they got invaded first, but... It, 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 what they later end up doing doesn't help their case. Not at all. <laughs> Especially not the way some of their freaking military talks about the uh, the other world. Then, uh, like, and they... then they send a column of tanks and infantry into the gate. 
And then, like, the... So, the, the emperor of whatever this country's called. I think they're the literally Empire. just called the Empire, yeah. They've probably got, like, a proper name, but everybody just calls them the Empire. They're basically Rome, but dragons. Or maybe Holy Roman Empire, but dragons. Holy Roman Empire, but dragons. That that works best, I think. Yeah, that works. So, they lost so many troops uh, fighting the uh, the Japanese... Not not just in like through the gate invasion, like when the Japanese came through the gate. I think they also fought there too. Yeah, there was a battle right after the yes. Japanese came through the gate. Uh, they lost like how many hundreds of thousands of troops? Hundreds of thousands. Uh, yeah. And then there was the uh, the Allied army. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, that's that's uh, the main focus of episode two. I was gonna I was gonna say that they uh, they basically like all right, we no longer have enough troops to threaten all of our vassals into staying in line. So what we need to do is round up all our vassals and have them charge the enemy so that all their, their troops get killed so that we're still the top dog. Clearly, a great plan. <laughs> the, best, the best plan. So the allied kingdoms, the, uh, the vassals of the empire, put together 100,000 troops, uh, mainly foot, foot soldiers with uh, pikes and shields, uh, they also got knights on horseback and some, again, f people on flying dragons. Of course. And I never a thought that... amount of archers. Not, not too many archers, though. Can't I never have too thought many archers. that people on dragons could be disappointing. <laughs> I know, I know. It's so disappointing. Uh, anyways. So they, they, march on, uh, they march on the hill because the gate opened on a hill in the other world which is apparently holy to the to the natives so the japan is invading and occupying the holy ground of some other country <laughs> yeah uh, should we put up a, a war crimes ticker uh i mean i think that's like half a war crime okay so we'll just put a half a war crime up <laughs> right, we'll get the yeah we'll give them half a war crime <laughs> I, I I just I want to take a quick detour to just say that when when I watched this the first time I kept sending you like screenshots and messages like is this a war crime? <laughs> this feels like a war crime. The uh, the battle in which they are trying to drive the JSDF off the hill. The JSDF has ten thousand. The enemy has a hundred thousand. The enemy suffers like forty thousand casualties in the first hour. The JSDF lose nobody. I think overall that uh, they lost uh, the Allied armies lost a total of about sixty thousand in yeah. total. And then if you add in the Imperial army, which de was defeated earlier, they lost a total of like a uh, hundred and twenty thousand. Yeah. Which is a fuck ton. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They get massacred fucking dead. Uh, uh, it, it takes them losing 60,000 people to realize that maybe they should just cut and run. So they are either very well disciplined or very, very stupid. Very, very stupid, I think. They were oh, literally trying to climb through uh, barbed, wire. barbed wire. Yeah. And then they got hit by the artillery. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I noticed that they were attempting to just walk across barbed wire. Which, they probably don't know what barbed wire is. But you'd think the first time it starts ripping out chunks of their flesh, they'd learn. Yeah, yeah. I They were also wearing armor, so... <sighs> yeah. Plus, barbed wire kind of looks like a bramble bush. Or, you know, one of those spiky bushes. So, you'd think that somebody would be like, Hey, that looks dangerous. Let's not go near that. I don't remember what they call it in the Salvation War. Uh, that's a completely different thing to gate. Uh, the Salvation War, but that is... That's actually another entire book that's basically a completely out-of-context army comes in to invade modern-day Earth and gets absolutely trounced. Nice. But we'll, we'll get into that later. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. yeah, they get absolutely... JSDF kick-ass. Massacre, JSDF... The Japanese uh, stand tall and proud over their incredible victory brought about by their intelligence and superior technology. Yeah. Superior technology. Like, guns. One generation, <laughs> like, a generation old guns. Yeah, they're, they're not even bringing, like, particularly modern equipment with them. Like, even for the time period in which this was written. Well, they said that they were bringing in modern Jeeps, but not the modern rifles. They did. But is that even true? But the, the modern. The, so the, the book started its run, the very first book. Started its run in 2006-09, and then it got turned into a light novel, which ran from 2010 to 2015. Okay. Interesting. But the the the, the rifle they're using was replaced in 1989, or started to be replaced in 1989. So. Yeah, so pretty old rifles. So they're literally breaking out the museum pieces. They're, they're bringing in all their last-gen stuff. For very little reason. Well, they said so that, uh, you know, actually, I'm not entirely certain why. Because the locals can't use it. I mean, I guess they're keeping the more modern stuff to defend against all the countries that want to take the gate from them. Yeah. You mean like China. And <laughs> Russia. And, and America. And America. Which... I mean, if America wants something in Japan, like really, really wants something, we're already there. <laughs> Seriously. Which, uh, there's, there's, there's something that happens later, but we'll talk about that. So yeah, they, they kicked ass, took names, murdered thousands of people, and lost none of their own. <sighs> Are they a Mary Sue yet? <laughs> uh, no, not yet. And then not what, ha yet. what happens next? I didn't. I, I I skipped around a lot. Okay. Right after that, they build the fort. The they start building fort. the fort. Well, they start building the fort, and they start setting up you know offices and stuff. <laughs> and so they decide to send out people to scout the area. And so the 
So our protagonists, he, our protagonist, here's where he gets promoted, I think. Because now he has an actual squad. He's not yes. just some rando. Yes, I remember that bit. Yeah, so now he has he's an actual squad, which I still think uh, he's overqualified for just a single squad, personally. But and I don't actually for, know. For special forces, it's it can be kind of like fast and loose with the rules. But they're not special forces. They're just J. They're regulars. <laughs> yes, that's that's what I'm saying. It's 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 not a very clear chain of who's in command. Well, there's the general guy in command of everybody at the base. But besides that, I have no idea who's in charge of who. <sighs> it's probably better that we don't think about it too much, or else our brains will explode. Anyway, so naturally, these uh, these people from another world who dress and talk differently than the locals, who carry weapons of an unimaginable power, and all wear the same uniform that does not even seem armored, yet they walk with such strength and pose and grace. Yeah, so they're going to go send out their soldiers to make uh, make nice with the locals. And they do. They contact a local village. And uh, turns out they had a bunch of captives from that initial attack. So they already put together a phrase book. Oh, boy. So, you know, they can actually start talking to people. And they already start making friends. And then... Then they go to another village. Which got gets, which gets attacked by a dragon. Oh no. Oh no. And the entire village is wiped out. Good times. Good times. I think to make a long story short, the heroes slay the dragon with yeah. almost with almost no effort. Yeah, kind of. Well, so here's here's basically what happened. So they rescued an elf girl from the destroyed village. Ah, uh, yes, the elf. The elf. See, this is why you missed the Senate inquiry. <laughs> God. So they rescue the elf, and then they uh they. They head back to the previous village. They tell them about the dragon. Everybody starts to flee. And so they're fleeing with the villagers for a little while. And then the dragon attacks again. Uh, the dragon ends up killing 150 of the villagers. This time. And the JSDF is able to take it down with a single rocket. Yes. It, it's still alive. But they managed to they managed to take out in a, a, it, one of its limbs, one of its legs, with the rocket. Uh, and none of the JSDF die. Of course. Of course. You know, they're just in metal boxes in the middle of a desert with a well, dragon that can breathe fire. Their, their trucks actually are air-conditioned. I feel like that's worth mentioning. I was I was yeah, I was reading I, I about the, the I was reading I about the trucks they use. Apparently, they're air conditioned. Okay, that is good. That is good. But I mean, 
does it matter if you get uh, fire breath on you? No, no, not at all. But yeah, no. <laughs> I feel like first that would break the AC, and then it would cook you inside inside the car. But yeah, not that doesn't happen. Only only the refugees die. Well, I suppose they're just villagers, and then the ones who survive become refugees. And so some of them accompany the team back to base. Including yeah. the elf. Yeah. And also, because they run into her on the way, a priestess. Oh boy. Lolly Mercury. Is... Yes. So, let's talk about Lolly. So, sh so <laughs> technically speaking, technically speaking, the show transliterates her name as R-O-R-Y and but but if you write if you wrote it in katakana it would just be dori because the R and the L in Japanese are basically the same uh, basically the same sound there's a lot of overlap there. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I know full well what you're talking about, but... Yeah, it's... But, yeah, so... It's like the author wrote... A pun. Ah, man, I want a lolly in this story, but <laughs> I don't know what to call her. I'll just write lolly, and I'll come up with something later. And then they didn't come up with something later. So, yeah, her name is Lolly Mercury. She is a tiny girl... Who wears a gothic Lolita dress and carries a giant fuck off axe. And she has a battle fetish. A, a literal battle fetish. A literal fucking battle fetish. It's. Uh, okay. It's roughly as weird as that scene in Upote. You know the one I'm talking about if you've seen Upote. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I will not provide context. Uh, okay. <laughs> Good, 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 to, good to know. Good to know. Okay, yeah. So, Lolly Mercury, and she is a priestess of Emloy, the god of murder. As such, she is in, she is introduced in the series by murdering a bunch of bandits, and then she sits on the protagonist's lap. I think we can we can get it out of it right now. The protagonist ends up with a harem, basically. Basically, it's a harem, not a harem. It might as well be a fucking harem, and one of the members looks too young, and the other one is too young. And one of them is his ex-wife. Ah, don't <laughs> remind me. Actually, that that's the least weird one. That's the least weird one. What am I saying? <laughs> Okay, yeah, so if you haven't guessed, Lolly and the elf are both in the harem. And there's also a mage girl who is technically in the harem. She's there. She doesn't seem to have emotions. She's harem adjacent. Give her a few years, she'll be in the harem. I mean, admittedly, we haven't. I haven't watched past uh, episode 12, so I don't so, know season one. what happens in the back half. Yeah, season one. So I don't know what happens in the back half, but just what happens in the first half is enough for me to to go. 
just make that noise all day, every day. Uh, okay, so yeah, they take the refugees back to base. I, I do appreciate that his CEO, the protagonist's CEO, did, like, chew him out for it. Although I'm not entirely certain why. I mean, he seems to disregard his commanding officer's instructions, opinions, and basic orders <laughs> anytime he feels like it. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So they, uh, they construct a refugee camp outside their base, which is definitely just a refugee camp and not a concentration camp in any form or function. They're not being kept in. The danger is being kept out. And yeah. also they're being kept in. <laughs> <laughs> this joke has a lot of implications that could be described as unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So they, they stick him in a refugee camp. <sighs> but hey, three square meals a day. Fresh food. Japanese baths, culture. Japanese culture. So, yeah, that's... So, Lele, the mage, she immediately starts getting all up in that Japanese culture. <laughs> and so, you know. So she naturally becomes the one who learns Japanese and is able to interpret between Japanese and the native language, which which this gives me a great time to segue into the translation convention that Gate uses. Because I hate it. I hate it so much. Like, how... Yes, I, I, I've, I've experienced a translation convention in this. It is... Needlessly... It's probably also worse because it's Japanese and foreign language. It's, it's Japanese to English and then foreign language into Japanese, which is simultaneously being rendered into English. Yeah. So, basically, the translation convention is whatever character is, like, the focus, they'll, they'll be speaking Japanese, and the other person won't... Well, basically, everybody speaks Japanese, technically. Like, we're hearing it as Japanese. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. But... Even when speaking to Japanese characters, the the characters in the uh, the fantasy world are speaking Japanese. Yes. And so, it's really frustrating because especially later there's a there's a minor plot point where a character is trying to like talk to some Japanese soldiers, and we hear her speaking Japanese, but she's actually speaking the native language. Because there's, there's only one line in the native language that is ever heard on screen, and it's the equivalent of, hello, how are you? And it's really, really frustrating. It's really frustrating. You could have you just made up some fucking gibberish uh, whenever the people... <sighs> I mean, yeah, no. do what Gargantia did, and which, whichever exactly. person is speaking is speaking normally and then whatever person is speaking in the other language from that character's perspective is speaking literal gibberish yes 
that works for Meryl. Or, um, I don't want, so I don't want to make too many comparisons to Outbreak Company. I haven't made any so far, but Outbreak Company is a very similar show to Gate in that it features Japan discovering another world and imperializing on it. Oh yeah, that one. But there is a but there is a very very defined um rules and system for the language in the fantasy world and how Japanese characters are able to interact with the fantasy characters. Cuz whenever they're not wearing like a special ring, then the fantasy characters sound like gibberish. Well, I think there is actual language there, but we never get to learn it. Because the main characters are always wearing their fancy translator rings. Which are super useful. <sighs> Anyways. Back to Gate. So yeah. So another thing that pissed me off about Gate. So we learn after after the, they set the refugee camp up, they go and like gather dragon scales to sell. Yes. Apparently, we learn that the the normal like anti-air gun that the Japanese military was that they brought over to fight the the flying dragons with could could barely penetrate their armor. And so naturally, what does the Japanese military do? They leave the dragon bodies to rot. They don't even bother to gather up. Have they never played XCOM? <laughs> well, I mean, it would have had to have been the original XCOM because the, the reboot hadn't happened yet. Oh, yeah. Shit. So they, they might have not they have. Have they never played XCOM? <laughs> they might not have played XCOM. There are other examples of this kind of thing. You don't just leave when... <sighs> Apparently... Oh God, it's like... <laughs> fucking hell! They're really good. Why don't you, like, just fucking sew those onto your goddamn armor? They're lightweight, super durable, hard as hard as tungsten. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently as hard as tungsten. Ugh. <laughs> Sorry, that just really bothers me. <sighs> so let's see. Let me just double check and see if there was any war crimes that we missed. Uh, no, I don't think so, so far. They killed a horse. I don't think they needed to kill the horse. Yeah, it's just a horse. Horses are expensive. Yeah. I mean... They have trucks. Probably don't need a, need horses. Yeah, but the the people whose cart was being pulled by that horse, they probably needed a horse. Wait, they just killed someone's random horse? Well, the horse was, like, freaking out because there was a broken wheel. I don't know why it was freaking out, actually. But it almost killed the mage girl. And so they... Uh, one of the soldiers shot it. Which I feel would actually make things worse, not better. Apparently they killed it in one shot. Okay, I, I'm not quite sure what that is, but 
we'll we'll move on. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. All right, fair enough. So yeah, they gather up scales to go and sell at the local town. Oh Italica. yeah, that town. That, Which, <laughs> that fucking town. Okay, so yeah, and at the same time, there's this princess. <laughs> I just, I can't think about her, think about her name. It's so stupid. It is. Okay, her name is Pina Colada. <laughs> Everyone else has normal fucking names. It's just her. It's just her. Her right hand is named Hamilton, for God's sakes. Why is her name Pina Colada? <laughs> Why? Why? There, there are so many things wrong with her being named Pina Colada. So many things wrong with that. I, I, I will say, it's, it actually took a while for me to remember and actually initially learn. But they don't exactly hide it. Like, the... The emperor is is his last name is Colada, and her name is stated to be Pina. And so you know, if you put it together, you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But hearing it out loud is something else. Anyway, so her, she has a she has an order of knights, and they're going to uh, reinforce this 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 town, Italica. Because, you know, there's uh, a few tens of thousands of soldiers roaming the countryside without a master because all of their, uh, no all of the nobility was murdered Literally, by the they, Japanese. They rounded up the entire nobility and, sent and just fed them into Japanese gunfire. Yep. Yep. Which, actually, they mentioned that in episode, uh, episode two, I think, episode two or three. Uh, they mention how oh don't they have a uh, don't they have like a local lord they can go to? Ah uh, no, it turns out uh, they all died re really re recently. Why is her name Pina Colada? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The worst thing about her being named Pina Colada is twofold because one. She's named after, like, a drink that gets its name from Spanish. Yeah. So, I guess they're admitting that Spain exists in this world? Well, they have the Elba. Uh, and secondly, uh, the Pita Colada was uh, invented in, like, the 1800s. At the earliest. <laughs> Why? It's, yes, it's... I take I take uh, I take umbrage with the fact that her character shares the name of a beverage that is completely outside uh, her genre. Yes, I just think it's funny because <laughs> it's just so out of place. Everyone else is like freaking normal names, and then she's like Pina Colada. <laughs> Uh, anyways. So they go to Italica, and, uh, one thing leads to another, and they end up getting ro- and the Japanese 
Itami's squad gets roped into uh, they get roped into fighting for the city against because, bandits. Yeah, against bandits. Can I can I please take a moment to just complain nonstop about this battle? Absolutely. Let me let me set the let me set it up real quick. Please do. So okay, so to start, uh, they set the uh, the Japanese up on the south gate. While everybody else is on, I believe, the West Gate? West or East Gate? Nishi. Whichever one's Nishi. I think it's I think it's the East one. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's, they're all that's the, the one gate. where all the fighting ends up taking place. Okay, yeah. So, the, yeah, the Japanese are on the East Gate. Everybody else is on... Or, Japanese are on the South Gate. Everybody else is on the East Gate. It is assumed that the bandits will attack the South Gate. Thus slaughtering all the Japanese. Of course. This does not happen. They send a few scouts... Uh, but the main force ends up attacking the east gate. They take the gate and force their way into the city. They don't get much farther than, like, the the barricades they set up, though. Because despite fighting all night, the Japanese call in reinforce... They call in the cavalry, and, Helicopters arrive. Attack helicopters arrive to the sound of "Ride of the Valkyries." In a in a blatant, I would say homage, but an homage, an homage would be more subtle than what they did. It's just a blatant ripoff of of Apocalypse Now. They straight up refer to Colonel Kilgore. Yep. Ugh. And so, yeah, the bandits are ultimately uh, eviscerated and all die horribly. And the battle is won. And, and this is the point where the princess, Pina Colada, uh, <laughs> determines, that, <laughs> determines that the Empire and Japan, if the Empire ever fought Japan in like a full-on war, then the Empire would lose. Um... Right, so. And then afterwards, they sign a treaty and uh, go their separate ways. And we'll cover. We'll we'll come back to that after Eli has finished his his rant. I have so many problems, so many problems, with the battle for this city. Uh, okay. Number one being how the hell like the defenders weren't able to hold off the bandits on their own because you know it's a walled city. Uh, yeah. They explicitly say that there's about five or six hundred bandits besieging them. Wait, that's it? Yes. God, that's nothing. I know that's nothing. Cause, and that, that explicitly made me remember, I'm like, wait a minute. I feel like there was literally a siege in real life where like, that amount of like troops were the besiegers. So I wouldn't, I googled it. And I'm like, oh yeah, the siege of Kofre Castle in the English Civil War. Uh, in which five to six hundred people besieged a castle defended by eighty guys, and lost <laughs> after six weeks. <laughs> and those guys had the advantage of guns. Oh shit! <laughs> so I'm seriously wondering, like, a siege is not an easy thing to do. How did these bandits? I mean, admittedly, they're they're not they're they're, not, they're professional soldiers who turned to banditry. But how did these guys manage to storm a city in like a day? Because they were there for like a day, <laughs> like two days. Like, t- 
Maybe three. I mean, their entire goal was to die, but if they wanted to do that, they literally could have just walked up to the walls and waited to all die. Because, I mean, I just have no idea how they managed to even break through, break, get over the walls and break through the gate. I know I watched it happen. Any of you who've seen Gate and wish to disagree, yes, I watched it happen. I don't believe what happened. <laughs> I'm calling hacks. Like uh, like when that one guy in plate armor got stabbed through the back? Uh, yeah. With his sword? You know, the exact situation that plate armor is designed to stop? <laughs> he didn't just get stabbed, he got impaled. Yeah, impaled. So, uh. you know, that happens. And then, you know, the Japanese come in. And of course, uh, Lolly Mercury has her battle fetish activated. Yeah, let's let's talk about that real quick. Because <laughs> it is... Let's see. Uh, yeah, earlier today you were watching it. And... Yeah, I shot you a message on Discord saying you were not kidding about her battle fetish. <laughs> oh, yeah. You were not wow, you were not kidding about Rory's literal battle lust. Yeah, she literally has literal battle lust. She uh, she literally gets orgasms from battles happening nearby. Because is, Yeah, because she's a priestess of the god of murder. All and... the souls of the dead go right up her thang. <laughs> <laughs> Why? So she's Decide just sitting there, this. lying on the ground, moaning and gasping, and they're just like, uh, is she gonna be okay? <laughs> and of course, as soon as she goes into battle, she's like, oh, super hyper-focused. She's, it's, it's so weird. Uh, that, you know, something you pointed out to me when I asked you, uh, first time I watched this, if you see a few enemy scouts... In sight, within sight, uh, within like eyesight of you, and you're up on a wall and you have a gun, would you just let, like, what would you do? Uh, obviously, take out the scouts, you know. Yeah, that's, 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 that's another thing wrong with this battle. I mean, you know, you have, you see the enemy scouts, they're scouting out for the enemy's weak points, they see you, noting that you are occupying the south gate and thus, you know, represent not the enemy's weak point. They're standing within visual range. You have guns. And a god of death. Or, well, priestess of death. And a mage. And an elf. I think most importantly, you have guns! Yeah, and guns. <laughs> and night god. vision goggles. Yeah, yeah, it's not even night when the scouts show up. It's, it's like sunset. Uh. So yeah, so then they, they tear through the streets. So apparently the city streets are wide enough to conveniently accept uh, vehicle traffic. A Humvee, even. Uh, it's not quite a Humvee, it's a Japanese truck. But it, close uh, enough. Semanti it's, semantics. It's a big truck meant to carry a bunch of dudes and supplies. Yeah. So they go tearing through the city streets. They come up on the gate where Lolly Mercury is currently doing her thing. Uh, and then the one lady on on the, on the JSDF side, she goes full gun katas, 
leaps into like a, a shield spear wall, starts bayoneting people apart, shatters her bayonet, and then just starts like she goes, she goes full gun cards on people. She's yeah. fucking fighting back to back with Lolly Mercury, slaughtering dudes. Which I will say looks pretty cool. It looks kind of cool. It looks vaguely I, cool. Yeah, but that's they, not the show you sold us on, Gate. I mean, you didn't sell us anything. I mean, she's engaging them in melee. This should be their one opportunity to do something. But no, they all die pathetically. Yep. And and this is when the cavalry arrives. And slaughters them all with anti-tank missiles and gunfire. Yeah. Lots and lots of gunfire. And the Burt. And the Burt. <laughs> Which, I think it was funny, uh, they they had a uh, the ballista up on the wall. They're like, hey, give me your spear. And then we cut to the, <laughs> to the helicopter with like, AA weapon on the, on the wall there, take it out. <laughs> and they just go... <laughs> I, I wouldn't call that an AA weapon. I'd call it a spear. <laughs> well, yeah, what so. is it going to do? Get crunched up in the rotors? But, uh, uh, yeah, so after effortlessly slaughtering the bandits without losing a single person on their side, I mean, the villagers lose a bunch of people. Naturally. Because they, they run into the bar past the barricades, obviously. To uh, avenge their fallen brethren, duh. You know it. There, you set up a, a a wall of spikes, and obviously, what you got to do is you got to get past the wall of spikes to engage the enemy in a chaotic melee. It's not like there's tactics or anything to think about. No, not when the JSDF is here to save the day. Also, something I noticed in those episodes, so, like, the, the elf is wearing just, like, t-shirts and blue jeans. Yeah. Like, she could literally cut off the pointy ears and she could be from Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> just something I noticed, like... <laughs> Fair enough. Maybe, maybe Minnesota. <laughs> oh, God, elves air. from Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota elves, oh, I'd love to see That's that. That's somehow worse than a normal elf. <laughs> Anyways, so after the battle, uh if there was nothing else to uh complain about. Uh, I think that was it. Okay. So after the battle they uh they discussed terms. Obviously the Japanese and the the locals, not the bandits because the bandits are all well most of them are dead. There's still a few alive. And so, uh, let's see here. The JSDF secures, I believe, trading rights. Special uh, trading rights. They, they don't have to pay taxes to trade in the city. Yeah, something, something else. And also that the prisoners be treated humanely. Which the locals have no idea what that means. <laughs> humanely? What the fuck does that mean? We're just going to execute them, as usual. No, no, they want to use them as slave labor. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah, and then they'll execute them. <laughs> but, yeah. 
And so, and so the Japanese ride out back to their uh, back to base. Job well done. When they run into the rest of the princess's knights, who were coming to reinforce the city, the day after the battle. And so naturally, they uh, they beat up and capture, and then beat up again the the protagonist. This is after the protagonist got punched right in the face for like accidentally or intentionally. I could not tell. Groping Lolly Mercury. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, he groped Lolly Mercury. Yeah. She decked him right in the face. Right in the face. Anyways, so the Japanese drive drive off because their the protagonist tells them to run away because he valiantly sacrifices himself. I mean, he didn't have to, to be honest. But you know, the the knights who are all ladies except for like one guy decide to beat the shit out of him, and he decides to just go along with it. Yeah. Well, he gets the shit beaten out of him, so I don't think he really had a choice. He could have just left. I mean, they had guns, yeah, he, he didn't, they had cars. He didn't, yeah, he didn't have to get out of the car. He chose to. He didn't have to not get back into the car. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, they take him back to Italica, where the knights present him to uh, to the princess, who immediately freaks the fuck out. I mean, they did, like, have a treaty with him. Yeah. <laughs> she she even mentions, like, oh my god, we broke the treaty the day it was signed. It's also particularly hilarious that he, like, he had a copy of the treaty, like, with him there in the truck, I'm assuming. He literally could have showed it to them. Had their boss's signature on it. Yeah. He literally yeah. chose the worst and most difficult option for everyone involved. Yep. So, anyway, he, uh... I mean, he he looks pretty bad, badly beaten up, to be honest. Um, but he is nursed back to health by the local lord's uh, demi-human maids. <sighs> this this is another trope that's just kind of common to uh, a lot of isekais. Just why? Why does it seem like every single, uh, or at least a lot of isekai, have a noble with a bunch of maids who are all, like, demi-humans of some sort, who are also all combat badasses? Because someone has one hell of a fetish. Probably. I mean, it's called out as such in the episode that the previous lord who created the battle maid setup had a bit of a fetish <laughs> but it's it's still like so you know you got your cat girl and your bunny girl and your human and the medusa and the other human and so yeah they're taking care of the protagonist meanwhile the JSDF is planning his breakout and this is when we find out that the protagonist is a ranger. Which we had to Google to make sure was a real thing in Japan. Yes. Which it is. Uh, 
which I don't know much about it. All I know is that it is, in fact, theoretically possible for some random soldier in some random unit to be some sort of, like, specially trained ranger in Japan. Uh, so right. I, I gave them a silver star. Not even a gold star. A silver star. A, a bronze star that someone spray-painted silver <laughs> for effort. All right, then. Because <laughs> that was actually interesting to find out was, was real. Yeah. Although it's kind of disappointing that it's our protagonist. Because... <laughs> He sucks. Yeah. So hard. He is the worst. Well, he's not Just, the worst, but... He's pretty bad. He is pretty bad, but... Uh, well, anyways. So, once... Uh, once they... Uh, once that one girl who went full Gunkata earlier... Yeah. Because she, she does not respect her, her commanding officer at all. And every time she finds out something about him related to his service history, she freaks the fuck out because I mean, look at him. He does not look like somebody who should have that in his service history. And also, he's a nerd. Super nerd. Ultra nerd. I mean, we're ultra nerds, but we're not ultra nerd soldiers. Anyways. So yeah, they go in to uh, try and rescue him. They sleep the guards uh, and get into the to the mansion, where they are welcomed with open arms because they really don't want to cause a diplomatic incident. <laughs> and so they're all laughing and having fun, and then uh, one of the princess's knights is told. One of the ones that beat up the protagonist is told that uh, she'll have to she'll have to uh, make up for her her indiscretion by paying with her body. So she gotta like ha she has to like go and uh, have sex with the protagonist, I guess. Nobody pays attention to her, obviously. Because they're all ha they're all laughing and having fun, and now, once uh, once he's back on his feet, now, they all head back to base. This time, with the princess and her uh, and her left hand in tow. Because the princess is like, I want to go. I want to convince Itami to tell. Uh, tell his senate not to go to war with us. I mean, they've pretty much been at war. Yeah, I know. I know this. You know this. She does. There's 120,000 dead people who know this. Yeah, yeah, and more on the Japanese side. <laughs> uh. And so they go back to base, and then they get ready to go back to Earth, because, like I said. He has to go appear before a Senate inquiry because of the whole uh, dragon attack earlier. And so they bring along the mage, Lolly, and the elf. The elf. Clearly, these are the best people to talk to about the attack. <sighs> 
I, I, I don't even, I can't, I can't even keep with the facade at this point. It's so fucking stupid. These are the only three they bring back. There are other people in the refugee camp. These are the only ones they bring back. <sighs> Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. 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 Anyways, so they go back to Japan. Um, with the princess and her left hand in tow. And so... <sighs> Here's the uh, here's another thing. Here's another trope I hate. When people who are not from Japan eat Japanese food and go, "Oh my god, can could there ever be something so delicious in this world?" <sighs> An old man does it earlier in the series for bread. It's just bread. It's bread crafted by folding the grain a thousand times. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, <laughs> no. It's just bread. It's just bread. And then later, when when they go to Japan, uh, the princess and her right and her left hand try some some Japanese dish where they where you crack like a raw egg into it. And they're like, oh, what is this heathen food? And then they try and they're like, oh, this is magical. But uh, seriously, that just that's just annoys me so, to no end. Let me guess, they got salmonella and died from the raw egg? No, obviously not. <laughs> but just, it, it frustrates me so much when that, when that trope appears. Yeah. I've told you about this, but just it's so annoying. Just especially because in Gate, fucking everything seems to uh, seems to amaze the people from the other world. They have magic, but they're like, "Whoa, there are buildings with so many people in them," which I I mean I guess yeah, but. Oh, right, I forgot. Something that uh, the mage tells the princess on their way... Uh, on their way back to base. Talking about guns. How uh, Japan created this weapon and mastered the art of fighting with guns. Oh, yeah. That... I have so many bones to pick with that. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Japan did not invent the gun. The Chinese did. Japan did not perfect the gun. I would go so far as to say America did. <laughs> <laughs> but what about perfecting the art of fighting with guns? Well, let's see. Uh, we are one for one. Uh, Japan is one for one in terms of winning a world war, so tiebreaker <laughs> round. I feel like, in that case, there's more to it than just guns. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so let's let's get through this. So it once they get back through the gate, this is when we learn that Itami, our protagonist, was an S, or in the Japanese Special Forces. 
I have issues with this. Because why would... Okay, so apparently his CO, because he was super lazy and didn't want to do anything, and this is after he got his ranger training, he was still like super lazy and didn't care about anything, so his CO just decided to send him to the special forces. I do not think you are allowed to do that. I mean, correct me if I am wrong. I don't think you're allowed to just send random lazy lieutenants to the special forces. I feel like you could probably give them a shot, but I mean, lazy people don't pass. That's kind of the whole point. They're, they're weeding out not the, not the physically weak, but the mentally weak. He is very mentally weak, though. Yes, I know. From the sound of it, they didn't even like test him. They just like sent him to the special forces unit. They're just like, "Hey, here's a, here's a lazy dude. Have fun." At least, at least he's not like in his mid twenties or something, because that would be unrealistic, in my opinion. <laughs> I find it hilarious that he's thirty three and he was only like a junior lieutenant. Yeah. Literally no ambition. He even says at one point, like, I I missed the Dojinshi exhibition, and now I'm leading my own squad. This sucks. <laughs> he has issues. Anyways, so they, uh, they go to the Senate Inquiry now. They, they do get uh, the elf some formal clothes because she's been wearing a t-shirt and jeans this whole time. So they like actually get her a suit. It looks quite good. Looks quite good. Apparently they can expense a suit, but not lunch. They only get like 500 yen per person for lunch. <laughs> so... McDonald's? Yeah, or, well, basically. I guess not McDonald's, because, you know... Noodle sh some cheapo noodle shop. They must, they must show off the superior Japanese cooking. Obviously. I mean, I would have just gone to McDonald's, personally. <laughs> I'll say it right now, cooking's very subjective. Not, not saying Japanese food tastes awful. I just don't care for it. Harsh. I also don't care much for certain types of Mexican food. Those are I, dangerous I, I'm words. just gonna start listing foods I don't like. Uh, uh, French let's, food. Let's not. French food uh, is not good. You don't like Italian the French food. in general. Italian food is where it's at. You though. take that back. Italian. Oh, no, no. I said Italian food's where it's at, though. Oh, carry on, <laughs> carry on then, because uh, Italian food is absolutely where it's at. Italian food, German food, uh, Eastern European chips. food is pretty great. Chinese food. Well, American Chinese food. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> Bold words. Anyways, back to the Senate inquiry. So, at the Senate inquiry, basically there's a single... So it's not the Senate. The, the Japan has a diet instead of a Senate. Yes, I, I know full well what you're... I know. I'm telling the, the people. I am letting the people know. Anyway, so they have a diet instead of a Senate. Basically, one... One member of their Senate 
is doing all the questions and basically she's just trying to get a gotcha so that she can have the GSDF pull out of the special zone for whatever reason. I don't know. Oh, you see, because if those politicians would just let the military have its way, the world would be a better place. <sighs> I, I mentioned this the first time I watched this, but she is explicitly mentioned as being like a, a foreigner or like uh, maybe like a hafu or something like that. Ah, those those dangerous, not one hundred percent full-blooded Japanese. Exactly, they just Infl want to destroy destroy the nation. Infiltrating with their our pacifism, keeping our, <laughs> keeping our military from doing whatever they want. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, so let's see. I think the only question. Let's see. The only question she really asked uh, the elf was, "Are those ears real?" Uh, she asked the mage some stuff, who basically went went along with the with the official story that nope the Japanese did great, they were great they yeah sure people die but uh, nope they were great, and I certainly haven't been Japan Japanimized from uh, living next to them for so long, and then she like thinks she has a uh, a. Huh? It's been like four months. Yeah, I know. Um, well, actually, it's been like a month since they actually went to the other world. I mean, it was three months after the other world invaded. Yeah. And, anyways. Or, whatever. And then she thinks she has a slam dunk with uh, Lolly. Because, you know, dark clothes, and she's wearing a veil at the time, and I don't know why. Um, also, she has her giant fuck-off axe wrapped up in a cloth, so that nobody freaks out. And, uh... And Lolly does the same thing, where she's like, yep, the official story is 100% true. And she she keeps uh, she keeps egging on the lady, the senator lady, by calling her little girl, <laughs> or like the Japanese equivalent. And the senator senator lady's like, "Who the fuck are you calling little girl, little girl?" And Lolly has this thing where before she goes into battle mode. She has like lipstick on just her bottom lip, and it changes color when she goes into battle mode, and it changes color. And I'm pretty sure she was fully prepared to turn uh, turn that place into a blender. <laughs> it's kind of funny because her name is literally Lolly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Rory. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever, I'm calling her Lolly because she is a Lolly. And God, her dress, her outfit is so bizarre for for the world. Whatever, 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 whatever. It's not important. It's not important. <laughs> Anyways, so and we find and we find out exactly how old uh, the three harem members are. Uh, Lolly is over 960 years old. 
because she's a demigod, you see. I mean, of course. So even, so even though she looks like she's like 12, she's actually so, wait, almost a thousand years old. Was she born a demigod? <laughs> no, she became one. Okay, so her parents were just really on point with naming her then. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, I don't really know how she became a demigod at like 12, but she is. Maybe, yeah, she's she, like, maybe uh, she followed the Sean example and just decided it would be super sweet. <laughs> yeah, so she just stopped aging at 12 years old. Uh, the elf is like 106 or something. And, and the mage is 15. Yeah. Yay. Uh, and also important is that they are broadcasting this uh, this inquiry Live on C-SPAN. <laughs> Literally live on C-SPAN. And like, you know, in Japan, they have those giant TVs on like all the buildings and whatever. Yeah. They, they, have, they have it playing on all of those. So literally the entire nation is, is able to look and see and... And see this, this what's going on here. Which, I mean, that is good, you know, transparency in governance, but if this happened in America, do you really think there would be a, a any cameras in that inquiry? <laughs> it's possible. Depends on, I mean, if a politician wanted a gotcha moment, they would absolutely put it on live TV. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh... In any case, that's more or less the end of the inquiry. And uh, and then there's a little bit of a uh, a side plot where they're they're uh, doing a bunch of switcheroos and fake outs to confuse some foreign agents who are trying to do something. You know, dastardly foreign agents. Yes. Who want to, to steal Japan's rightful claim to this entire foreign world. And also, you know, the people they brought... They brought... Kidnapped? I'm gonna say kidnapped. I mean, one of them's 15, the so they probably didn't get permission from her legal guardian. <laughs> I believe her legal guardian is uh, dead. Or possibly the old man mage guy. But he seems pretty senile, so... Oh well. In any case, so they go through all this, uh, and they, and this at the end of this episode is when we meet his ex-wife, the the protagonist's ex-wife, who is a a dojin artist. She's pretty good. She's pretty cool. She's pretty cool. She's pretty nice. But. I mean, I don't know. I feel like they didn't divorce for, like, a great reason. Like, it feels like she divorced him because, like, she says, oh, he, he was, was, like, growing shit. apart. Well, yeah, he was a lazy shit. But also, it's kind of like she divorced him so that he could have a harem. That's that's the metatextual level. 
the textual level is, oh, I divorced him because he was a lazy shit, and I and I want him to re to try and rekindle our love. But on the metatextual level, I divorced, uh, she divorced him so that he could have a harem. That's really, that's really it. Uh. Anyways, so they stay at her house for the night. Uh, the princess. Oh, that's right. I completely forgot about the uh, the negotiations, the hostage negotiations. Because you see, Japan is a civilized nation who would never hold prisoners of uh, hold prisoners of war. F uh, you know, you, they would never like hold them for ransom or anything. But they will. But they will have to ask for something in return for their release. Obviously. Isn't that just ransom? <laughs> it's ransom with extra steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah, so the princess meets with, uh, I believe, like the foreign minister or whatever. And they, they negotiate the release of like... Of like 15 out of 6,000 captives. And also they recruit the princess to uh, to try and stop the war that is currently going on. It's kind of a cold war, to be honest. Yeah, warm war. Yeah, lukewarm. I mean, there's 120,000 people currently rotting underneath a hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways. So w while they're staying at... Uh, Itami's ex-wife's house. Uh, they they discover BL. Oh they dis yeah. <laughs> they discover Yaoi. You sent me that. They discover true culture. True art. <laughs> and so, in the next episode, that's the next episode is the shopping episode, and the hot springs episode. Yeah, you know they did it. They put both in one episode. Um, yeah. So everybody goes shopping and whatnot. And presumably the protagonist continues to bill everything to the, uh, the JSDF. Uh, and then they go to a hot springs. Uh... Officially ordered to go to a hot springs, <laughs> for the record. Uh, you gotta, you gotta absorb all that Japanese culture. Yeah. I mean, they're Which, the only country the where people go to spas. Yeah, or where hot springs exist. Pay no attention to places like Iceland. <laughs> I was about to say Iceland. Or, or really Scandinavia, I think. Yeah. They've got hot springs. Yeah. Saunas. Iceland. They got saunas. Yeah. Iceland has Iceland definitely has hot springs. I'm pretty sure. Finland's got all those saunas, and then. Oh yeah, God, they need it. Don't they got like <laughs> they a, need it. It's too cold. Don't they got like a Burger King with a sauna in Finland? <laughs> like that instead of like, so a, like instead of a play place. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds ridiculous. I I I absolutely believe that 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 exists though. Anyways. 
so naturally the people from the other world are amazed that there is a just a spring of hot water here are there hot spring are there like springs in germany i'm pretty sure that hot springs are a naturally occurring phenomena across much of this planet yeah yeah yeah, so naturally they're uh, they're amazing. I just googled it, and there are a bunch in the United States and Canada. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Ooh, there's one in Arkansas. Spa vacation, uh, hot tub spas. Uh, oh no, sorry, that's a different thing. Uh, <laughs> it's in the mountains. Hiking, shopping, boating, horseback riding. <laughs> yep, sounds like Arkansas. This sounds like fifty. This sounds like a hundred percent better than any Japanese hot spring I've seen in anime. Yeah, because then at least I mean in ho- Japanese hot springs, it seems like you're just there for the hot spring and the food. Fishing. It's, this place sounds better and better. Anyways, moving on. Um. And here is a weird example of like uh, cultural dissonance, I guess. So, in an earlier episode. The Japanese had set up, like, a public bath for the refugees to use. Yes. And the refugees were using it in the proper Japanese way. Yes. Where you wash yourself and then relax in the tub. Yes. Which... I've... I've I've said my piece to you on that, and I'm not going to dig up old wounds here. (laughs) Yeah. And... But... When they go to the hot spring, here is where they have to go like, no, first you have to wash yourself before you get in the hot spring. (laughs) Which, I mean, does make sense. But at the same time, it's like... So that you don't have you-flavored soup. So they don't just end up making you-flavored soup. Which is a problem with most baths, but I mean, then again, just take a shower. Yeah. (laughs) Well, they don't have showers in the other world. And why would you take a shower when you can sit buckets. in a hot spring? Take a bucket, poke holes in it, boom, you got a shower. <laughs> Fair enough. Probably way more field expedient than building an entire bathing complex. Yeah, but this is this is the Japanese. They they love their public baths. They're kind of like the Romans. But not. Anyways, so they they have a great time at the at the uh, at the hot spring, and Lolly and the other girls get really drunk and force Itami and this this one old guy who his he's he's old he's mentioned as being old, and he likes kaiju movies. That's that's it. That's the extent of his characterization. It's impressive managed to squeeze in two whole character traits. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's the other guy who's another otaku. And actually, yeah, that's his entire character trait. Anyways. And so Itami wakes up later. And Lolly is like sitting there nursing a uh, a glass of something. I don't know. 
Meanwhile, outside, uh, Japanese special forces are hunting down three groups of hostiles who are trying to do something and sneak up and attack the hot springs. Yeah. <laughs> Which I and I realized when I was rewatching it that all of the Japanese special forces guys are codenamed with fate servant names. So like one is archer, one is saber, one is lancer. And they actually say like saber and archer and lancer. <laughs> it's not just like it's not like just like a translator joke. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> and and of course, to to discuss the operation, they call it the Grail. Like the Grail is full, or to say that the operation's been canceled, they say the Grail has been shattered. It's anyway. Just so yeah, more obtuse references that are completely yeah. unnecessary. Yeah, there's probably a whole bunch that just went over my head. But I don't care enough to look them up. And so... So while everybody's having a lot of fun in the bathhouse, uh, three groups, one Russian, one Chinese, and one American of paramilitary are converging on the location. Very importantly, none of the, uh, none of the groups know that the other is there. And both of them are using, like, the wrong guns. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, the... The American group is explicitly stated to be CIA. Yes. And the Chinese and Russian groups are their equivalent of the CIA. Yes. I, maybe deniability, though? Like, use the, wrong, use the wrong guns so that you have deniability? I guess, but... <laughs> I don't know. So the Americans are using... Uh, it's some weird gun that I don't think's ever been used by anyone in real life. <laughs> and then one of them has a friggin' like Russian Makarov. Yeah. Of all of all the weapons to be using. Then the Chinese are using checkmade like checkmade Soviet era Scorpion machine pistols. <laughs> which I don't know why they would even bother. And then the Russians are using German MP7s. Yeah. It's just weird. It is very weird. And of course, um, the Japanese special forces are taking these guys out one by one. And one one guy explicitly, men one of the Americans mentions that he was in uh, Marine Force Recon. But these Japanese guys are just too tough for him. Which doesn't feel right. <laughs> no, it does not feel right. Uh, just like, like we said, there's a lot of just fetishizing the Japanese military in this show. Yes. Fetishizing the Japanese military, fetishizing Japan. Yeah, those two yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> okay, so Loli almost rapes Itami before she gets into battle mode and goes and murders everybody outside. Because, you know, literal battle lust. Yeah, battle fetish. 
they decide to go back to the gate in a stolen car. Stolen from the paramilitary group. They almost commit a war crime. <laughs> they almost commit a war crime by killing a guy <laughs> who they had captive. I don't know if it makes it better or worse that the person who wanted to do the killing was drunk at the time. Eh? Oh, well. Is it really a war crime if they're paramilitary? <laughs> uh, it depends. I mean, they appear to be wearing uniforms of some kind, so... Would be, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um... Oh, right. Uh, during the operation, the uh, the U.S. president decides to use some leverage on the uh, the Japanese prime minister in order to force the Japanese special forces to stand down. Is the Japanese prime minister the uh, are they are they able to do that? Are uh, they in charge of the military? I don't know. I feel like they're not allowed to do that. Like not everyone is America. Uh, no, yeah, no, it is, uh, the Prime Minister is their, uh... CEO, her Commander-in-Chief? Yes. Interesting. Well, uh, alright, so that's one glaring plot hole patched. I mean, m with most countries, it does tend to, ro to reside in the, like, you know, Supreme Executive. Fair enough. <clears throat> Anyways... So yeah, they go back, they use a plan to uh, get a giant crowd so that all of the paramilitary groups that are chasing them get distracted in the crowd. Oh uh, the boy, CIA, using civilians the, as camouflage. Yeah. Um, oh, and the, the CIA group ends up getting arrested by the uh, public safety, I think. Uh, Japanese intelligence, basically. Yeah. Uh, and now we're back in the other world, which still doesn't have a name. Really should have a name. I'm sure it has a name. The Japanese just haven't bothered asking for one, because, you know... Yeah, I It's know. not in Japanese, so what does it matter? Yeah, so it doesn't matter. Anyways, so... The, the long and short of it is, because this, this part leads very heavily into the second half, into season two... Basically, uh, a town has sprung up around the the refugee camp, and so a bunch of people have moved in. Because, you know, when, when there's a bunch of people who murder anyone who gets close to the hill, obviously what you should do is go set up a trading post there. And so, uh, yeah. Oh, right, there's a bit of a almost, almost thing that happens where... Uh, like, they're discussing whether to tell the elf that her dad is dead, is definitely dead, because she thinks that her dad is still alive, and so she keeps, like, getting enough stuff for two people, and she goes around looking for her dad, and it's very sad, and... But the protagonist is like, no, we're not going to tell her, because uh, she would freak out. Asshole. <laughs> yeah, She's... it's entirely... She, she's because, the one who's 15, right? Uh, she's 106. Oh my god, that asshole. Yeah. I'm like, if she was 15, it's like, oh, we have to spare her feelings. I'm like, alright, she's 15, she's old enough to 
you know know that death exists but well she's like a teenager in elf years i guess it's like trying know. to keep a grown man from knowing that his grandma died <laughs> oh my god like all you're doing is setting them up for an even bigger fall down the line yeah yeah Oh no. Oh no, your dad's not dead. He's just at a farm upstate. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 literally he just like I don't want to deal with it, so we're not telling her. And then a dark elf shows up and uh almost kicks his ass. And then she's like, "I am looking for the green people." And everybody in the bar is like you just almost kicked the ass of one of them. You idiot. <laughs> and so she wants to find the green people so that they will come and save her village, which is being uh, attacked by the fire dragon, which they which they injured earlier this season. Yay. And... She ends up, uh, and at this point, they've brought in jets to the other world, and it's explicitly mentioned uh, in episode twelve that the uh, the JS JASDF. Yes, I think so. Yeah, the Air Self Defense Force is having a field day because there's no civilian planes and there's no American planes. <laughs> So they can fly to their heart's content. <laughs> I mean, it's like two phantoms, I think. That's it. That's really all they've got of their uh, like dedicated air force, I guess. There's probably more, but we never really see it. Anyways, and so she, the the dark elf, gets in contact, but she realizes that she never really understands like heard that they don't speak the local language <laughs> so she's just like running around asking various people like hey can you help me can you help me can you help me and they're all like hello how are you <laughs> they're like npcs in a video game <laughs> and so she's she's getting worked up uh she beats up a bunch of people who try and uh take advantage of her and she takes their money. And so she tries to get like a language book to learn some Japanese so that she can actually talk to the to the green people. And while she's trying to negotiate for a, for a book, for a language book, uh, some military police show up to the place and they're like, huh, she matches the description of the mugger. <laughs> Hi, could we talk to you? She did mug them. Yes, she did mug some people. Admittedly, they tried to mug her first. <laughs> yeah, no, that you can't you can't pull an Uno reverse card. <laughs> oh, but they do. They do anyways. Cuz oh right, I forgot to mention at the Battle of Italica, there was this uh mage girl who's like a half bird or something. She's very noticeable. Yes, yes, I remember seeing her. Yeah, uh they took her as a prisoner. Yes, yes, I remember. Uh, at this point, she has been deputized as a member of the military police. 
that can't be right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not entirely certain what how that happened, but yeah, she no, she has a, like a the military police armband and everything. Anyway, so they they bring the dark elf in for questioning. Uh and they get to the point where they don't understand what she's saying, so they have to go get the mage who's like full on a full on interpreter at this point. I'm amazed they haven't trained more interpreters. Well, you see, that would that wouldn't incentivize the natives to learn the proper language. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. And uh, so they so she's finally able to deliver her message that hey, my village is in danger. I need your help. But the cruel commanding officers of the Japanese military are like, nope, we can't do it. We're not gonna. We can't send our men over the Elbe. That would be a de declaration of war. You, despite the fact that they're kind of already at did, war. Did they ever get that like treaty with Pina Colada worked out? <sighs> at the end of the season, Itami is going off to go negotiate the treaty. Okay. Or a treaty so with, has she just the, been sitting? Has she just been she, sitting back with a coconut this entire time? <laughs> Okay, so she actually has been doing some, uh, whatchamacallit, some dip diplomacy. Uh, she brought a diplomat from Japan over to talk with a pretty major player in the Senate. And, uh, uh, they, they did this, they did the thing again, where uh, the Japanese character, descri when describing Japan, is like, it's a beautiful country with water and hills and trees and four seasons. <laughs> I will never, I will never get over how much I hate that. Well, you see, they invented having four seasons in Japan, and everyone else of just course. copied their homework. Of course, yeah, yeah. Or like, they're the only place with four distinct seasons, which is still bullshit. Texas has four distinct seasons. Ish. Yeah, three of them are basically <laughs> the same as summer, but they're different types of summer. <laughs> Illinois has four distinct seasons. Fair enough. Only other state I've spent a significant amount of time in. Fair enough. I'm sure Germany has four distinct seasons, although that probably depends on whether you're in Bavaria or not. <laughs> In Bavaria, they just constructed a dome <laughs> over it, so... <laughs> Anyways. <clears throat> but yeah, they... But yeah, so he, uh, he gives the guys some, like, gifts and... You know, like, fine silks and jewelry and a pen and also a katana. Because, you know, obviously... Obviously, if you're going to give somebody a gift, you got to give them a katana. A katana. Anyways. And so... So that's that's what she's been doing. And then also, uh, she ordered some books from Japan. Is Are these uh, educational art. materials? Yes. <laughs> art. Educational art. <laughs> they, her, her nightly order is now de a dedicated uh, basically scan laters for yaoi porn 
like they're sitting around drinking tea and talking about all the all of the books they just got in and how like which who's gonna translate them who's gonna copy them and whatnot. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. Why why do isekai people always get really into BL? <sighs> I don't know. I have no idea why. Anyways. And so yes, Yutami is off to the capital and every, and uh, everybody is telling the dark elf girl like like oh yeah, sucks that uh, you know high command wouldn't do anything for you. But I but you know Itami would do it. And like, I guess there's like a legend forming about him. Because also the princess got a clipping of the news article of where he was declared the hero of Gin Ginza. And she translated it. And so like, they're like, she is, he is a hero. He is a mighty hero who will save the world or some shit. I don't know. And that's more or less where season one ends. I don't I don't care to watch season two. I didn't care to finish season one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, it's a it's a pretty well animated series. Let's see. Who who did this? It's decently animated. <laughs> It's, uh, my, Miami list is A1 Pictures, but I don't, I think they're just a distributor. No, they actually made this in-house, I think. Oh, wow. It's, it says studio, A1 Pictures, producers, yeah. and then it's just a list of a bunch of companies. The producer yeah, was Genco, the studio was A1. Crunchyroll has it as, uh, Showgate. But it probably a one with a bunch of help. But yeah, it's just it's decently animated. The concept is legitimately interesting. It doesn't use it at all. No. And it spends way too much time filleting the gun barrel of the Japanese military. Yeah. Uh, see what what else what other things can we complain about this show hmm so many <laughs> how come how forgettable and interchangeable all of the squad members are yeah absolutely i i could tell you that there was one of them that was a girl there was two of them that were girls actually there was okay then i didn't notice yeah, the one that doesn't like him, and then the one who's, like, just a girl. Alright, well, yeah, they're, they're all completely interchangeable, then. Yeah, which is a shame that they didn't kill any of them. Since they're interchangeable, the ones who survived would have been more memorable by the fact that they didn't die. <sighs> they were, uh, they were all useless. Um... Is it this one or was it the other one where Japan literally intends to 
use them to form a special resource area and return to splendid isolationism. It's this one. It is this. Okay, yeah. So, uh, yeah. you know, there's that. Yeah, they intend to colonize so that they never have to deal with the outside world ever again. That is, you can really tell that this was written by a Japanese nationalist. That is literally what they wanted to do in World War II. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. Of course, China also is like, we, we intend to move so, like, I don't know, like 10, 20% of our population into uh, into the other world. And of course America's like we need it. We need we need to get in there. Yeah, I'm there could be and oil. I am highly surprised by the fact that America doesn't just go uh you know, uh yes, this counts as an invasion of Japan, which it friggin' was. So uh we in accordance with our uh duty to protect Japan, uh are going to go in there and liberate the entire thing. <laughs> And then, of course, like, America, they'd, they'd go through, they'd see, like, all right, it's dudes on horses, it's dragons. All right. Uh, any, all right, we are now offering enlistment. We cannot give you a bonus, but we can offer you the chance to slay a dragon. <laughs> remember that Marine Corps commercial where, like, the dude literally slays a dragon? <laughs> I do not remember that. There was once a Marine Corps commercial for the Marines, uh, in which, like, the dude slayed a dragon. They could literally just say, hey, this, but unironically. <laughs> Join the army, we're going into another world and you can kill dragons. Yeah! Well... Because, like, they say, the, what the Americans say is they're like, oh, yeah, we're just going to let Japan take the casualties on this one and any of the international pressure. They take literally no casualties, though. No casualties and no international pressure. Because they're, ju they're, the, they're just that skilled. Yeah. And they're just that righteous. Because their cause is just, you know, so righteous. They couldn't possibly be in the wrong. Their invasion is one hundred percent not an invasion. But of course, Duh. the other the other countries they're evil because they want to like trample. They Ex want to uh, they want to destroy the natives' culture. While the Japanese just want to show and enlighten them to show them you know like you know true civilized ways. Yeah. <sighs> God, gods. I said it earlier. But Outbreak Company is just a way better execution of this concept. <laughs> Pretty much. Because like, they go to the another world, and I suppose the difference there is that in Gate, it's an actual, like, fucking gate that you can drive two wide giant fucking tanks through. Versus in Outbreak Company, it's just like a crack in a ditch in the middle of nowhere in a forest. So you can't exactly bring tanks through. <laughs> but, you know, they still bring tanks through. <laughs> Somehow. I'm not entirely certain on how that works. But, in, in any case, Outbreak Company is just way better, in my opinion. Way better execution of the concept. Because they, they focus a lot more on the, the culture. On the intermix... Or the mixings of the culture. Or, to be more specific, the... Uh, 
the introduction of Japanese culture to this other world and the effects it has on the other world. Now, granted, the conclusion it reaches is keep sending the manga or else we will or else we will start murdering people. <laughs> but at least they address it. Yeah. And and the Japanese government is, you know, legitimately kind of a villain in the end. It's not really spoilers to be honest. Because they're assholes the whole way through. Yeah. In my opinion. It's, it's like I said, just a much better execution of the concept. And it's only marginally less pretty to look at. It's, I, I, You know what? Actually, I'd say it's better animated than Gate. I say it's better animated than Gate. It's just better overall. Everything, Every part of it's better. The writing... The dialogue, the the animation, the the core concept, everything is better. Hey, Gate aired in the same season as Overlord and Charlotte. Huh. Oh, and Shimonetta. Ha! <laughs> nice. Well, dang, a lot of stuff came out. Summer of twenty. Oh my God, summer of twenty fifteen really? was just a what? huge wow. season. Holy shit. Oh my. Monster Musume. Ugh. That. Oh, hey, school live. Yeah, school live. Hey, that, it's the that one. The, that, that show. That one, the one that you covered already. Prisma Ilia, season two, part two. The, yeah. the, the 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 season titles for Prisma Ilia are about as stupid as the show is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, second season of the show that I can never pronounce properly. Simple Which Gear one? GX. <gasps> Yee. Yee. Am I gonna have to like drive to where you live with an adrenaline shot to restart your heart? <laughs> no, I'm good at that. Just just hearing the word Simple Gear, uh, that that gets me going. <laughs> and there's a whole bunch of other stuff, but yeah, a whole bunch of big stuff came out same season as this show. And I think that's more or less it for complaining about Gate. That's more yeah. or less it for complaining. Oh, we never talked about the fort. The fort! The fort. Why is it a star fort? Yes, you sent me a picture of this, and I immediately started complaining. So, like, the, the, the Japanese, like, they build a fort in, like, the area they've conquered, uh, you know, to... It's on a hill. Protect for the, the land that they've conquered. Uh, so they build a star fort. And my first thought was, why the hell did they build a star fort? And my second thought was, why the hell did they build a star fort? Like a, like a star fort is kind of a very specific type of fortification. So like you know, you had like you know the the, ca the high walls of you know, like castles, and you know the cat and castles they changed a lot over time. Yes. So just saying castles is kind of a misnomer, but uh, specifically like Coffrey Castle that I mentioned earlier, yeah, that was a castle, not a star fort. So it was an obsolete fortification by the time in, in the 1600s when it was under siege, and it still held out uh, against a somewhat modern force 
because a starfort is kind of very specifically meant to protect an enemy that has cannons. It, it's, yeah. it's meant to minimize damage from cannons and provide overlap and field of fire for a, an assault. If you just want to like put out as much lead as humanly possible to prevent you from getting mobbed by dudes on foot with spears, you could do so many different creative things. Yeah. Nah, just starfort. Why? Because it's cool. It's, and it's not even, like, a good star fort with, like, proper layers of wall. Because it's, it's like, modern fortifications. Where it's just, like, a concrete wall. Like, a thin concrete wall. It's, it's so stupid. They it built a very... star fort for no reason. You can't even get up on the ramparts. There are no ramparts to get up on. So, so you, can't, you can't even shoot down at people, then. Yeah. It's it's so stupid. They built. Yeah. It's like they're like, hey, let's let's build a star fort. Like I, I was thinking, like imagine like people are like, hey, so like, what if the characters built a star fort? That looks awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. What's a star fort good against? Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? We're gonna build a star fort. Oh, god, I'm sure there's more stuff that we missed. There's probably so much stuff that we missed, but I mean... I already complained about the dragon scales, so... Complained about the dragon scales, complained about the battle of... It, well, whatever that fucking Italica. city was called. Uh. Yeah, like the... They have two ladders. With two ladders, they stormed the walls, captured the <laughs> gate, and let themselves in. Two ladders. And one of them got broken in the process. Yeah. And in a previous attack, the the defenders had boiling oil. This city is very poorly defended, despite having, like, walls. They don't even have a murder hole. It's just awful. What kind of place doesn't have a murder hole? God. Pro tip to anyone building any kind of fortification. Put a murder hole above the door. So that you can drop shit on the attackers. Like boiling oil. <laughs> like, yeah, the enemy had a mage, but the mage did bugger all. <laughs> yeah. Also, why did the bandits attack with flaming arrows? Because flaming arrows. Of course. They look like laser beams. Oh, yeah, obviously. Oh, God. It's just so fucking stupid. I am looking forward to never thinking about gates ever again. Except and unless we ever cover Outbreak Company, in which case I will start that by saying Outbreak Company is a better version of gates. Probably, yeah. So yeah, that is that is this episode more uh, or less complete. Yeah. Join us next time when uh, I believe I will be talking about Kino's journey. Oh, this should be a lot of fun. Both of them. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> I've heard I've heard a bit about Kino's journey from you, but this should be fun. <laughs> this should be fun. Uh, till till next time, I guess. Uh, obligatory plug of the Discord server. Yeah, go check out the Discord server in the description. And also in the description of the uh, podcast itself. And if you're following me on Twitter, 
uh, <laughs> I'll also have a reply to the post that's posting this episode <laughs> with a link to the Discord. <laughs> we really want you to get in the Discord. <laughs> don't follow me on Twitter because I don't have a Twitter. So if you follow me on Twitter, you're not following me on Twitter. That's an imposter. <laughs> yep. But do follow me on Twitter, at RoomMythZero, for uh, updates and also random musings and maybe art. Maybe I, maybe I should make a dedicated Twitter <laughs> just for the uh, That sounds like show. a good idea. S uh, stay tuned next time for when we talk about our dedicated Twitter. I don't yeah. know. Maybe. I don't know. Next time. Next time on Anime Stroganoff. Thanks for listening. This has been uh, Eli. And Lilith.